0: The following is from Red Hill Baptist Church, where we exist to glorify God, grow more like Jesus, and go with the gospel. To find out more about our ministry, or to contact us, please visit redhillbaptist.org. transport us back in time. You know, I love the new music as well, but that's why I love a blend so we don't lose the old, we can enjoy the new. I was thinking about singing that. I've been singing that song probably my whole life I've been singing that song. You may have very, very vivid memories of singing that song in various places and stages of life. I understand it's one of my favorite stories. once upon a time, uh, there was a shepherd that was tending his sheep at the edge of the country road, and a brand new Jeep Cherokee screeched to a halt next to him. And the driver of that Jeep Cherokee was dressed in a designer suit. He had on expensive shoes, a flashy uh, wristwatch, and, and sunglasses, and he looks over and asks the shepherd, say, if I can guess how many sheep you have, will you give me one of them? Well, the shepherd kind of looked at this fella and sized him up, and then he looked out at the sprawling field of sheep, and he said, all right. So the young executive turned off the motor on that car, and he parked his SUV, he connected his laptop to a wireless modem, he entered a NASA website, he scanned the ground using a GPS unit, he opened a database, and then printed out a report on his mobile printer. He turned to the shepherd and said, you have exactly 1,586 sheep in your flock. The shepherd looked at him and said, that's right, wow, you may have one of my sheep. I mean, that's incredible. Well, the young man took one of the animals and placed them in the back of his jeep. And the shepherd called out and said, hey, before you leave, if I guess your profession, will you pay me back? The executive, he kind of looked at the shepherd and he smiled and said, sure, go ahead and try. And the shepherd said, you're a, a consultant. You're a consultant. And the man said, well, that's right, but how did you know that I was a consultant? And the shepherd responded, well, very simple. First, you came without being called. Second, you charged me to tell me something I already knew. And third, you really don't understand anything about my business, and I'd really like to have my dog back. (laughs) Now, if you're a consultant, God bless you. God bless your work. But I just want to say to you today, in the world in which we're living, you don't need a consultant. You, beloved, need the shepherd. You and I need the shepherd. Notice I didn't say we need a shepherd. We need the shepherd. The shepherd. In this world where it seems that everything is just bad news, everything is going wrong, everything is doom and gloom, you need the shepherd. You don't need just a counselor. You don't need an advisor. You need the shepherd. Someone to shepherd you, to guide you, to provide for you, to lead you, to protect you. You need the shepherd. And I think more than any other time in our lives, perhaps, we're realizing just how much we need the shepherd. Living in a time where it seems the world is falling apart, much of what you and I hold dear, uh, that which is God's word and God's will is falling apart at every turn. We need the shepherd. And I want to begin today by revisiting a familiar passage. And I'll be honest with you, we have studied this as a church before. We've studied this particular psalm that we're going to begin studying today. But I believe we need to study it again. We need to look at it again. It's a soothing psalm for stressful days. It's a soothing psalm for stressful days. I don't know about you, but I've had some stressful days. The other day in particular, I had one of those days, and I had to just stop, and I literally had to quote this psalm to me. In the midst of a stressful day where things were just really beginning to pile up on me, I had to just stop, and I just had to quote these words, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you feel just how soothing that is? How calming that is? In the midst where everything seems to be uncertain and unstable, in the midst where we just don't know what's going to happen next, just to stop and say the Lord is, is my shepherd, I shall not want. I don't know about you, but in many regards, my world is still turned upside down. I look ahead and I think, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? What about this? What about that? I'm glad today to say that I have the shepherd. I have the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 23 is not just for funerals. It's probably one of the most read psalms at a funeral, one of the most requested psalms at a funeral. But it's not just for funerals. It's for every day of our lives. Now, of course, this pictures the Lord as our shepherd, and that means that pictures us as sheep. You ever thought about why the Lord chose to picture us as sheep? I mean, out of all the animals, He could have chosen. I mean, why not like a mighty lion? Wouldn't you like that better the Lord were to call us lions? Or how about you know, a, a majestic eagle flying across the sky? But in His wisdom, even a swift deer maybe would have been even better. I mean, I know that most people in here would try to kill us if we were a deer. But um, and even a deer, you know, beautifully. But a sheep? I mean, out of all the animals? I mean, sheep doesn't even sound cool. It's even They make that noise. Chuck Swindoll, he made some interesting observations about sheep. I want you to think about what he said. He said that um, sheep, they lack a sense of direction. They lack a sense of direction. Unlike cats and dogs, sheep get lost very easily, even in the familiar environment of their own territory. And so it is with believers. We cannot guide ourselves. We have to rely upon the Word of God and the voice of our Savior shepherd because we lack a sense of direction. I think we've all experienced that. He said that sheep are virtually defenseless. That says defensive. It should say defenseless. Most animals have a rather effective means of defending themselves. They may have sharp claws or sharp teeth or speed or the ability to hide or a keenness of smell or sight or hearing. I mean, I mean even a skunk, I mean, even they can spray you and stink, right? But, I mean, you think about a sheep and... There's no strength, there's no uh, ferociousness about a sheep. They're awkward, they're weak, they're ignorant, they have spindle legs and tiny hooves, they're pitifully slow, and they're even devoid of an angry growl. It's just, you know, that's all they have. They're virtually defenseless. And it reminds us that our only sure protection that we have is our Savior Shepherd. The believer, we're admonished to be strong, not in ourselves, but in the Lord. You know, sheep, they are easily frightened. doesn't take much to scare a sheep. Being ignorant and unimpressive in stature and very much aware of their weakness, sheep find comfort only in their shepherd's presence and reassuring songs in the night. Psalm 27.1 refers to this type of shepherd-Lord relationship that we have in the Lord. Likewise, by nature, sheep are unclean. By nature, they're unclean. Other animals, they lick and scrape and roll in the grass to cleanse themselves, but not sheep. They remain filthy indefinitely unless the shepherd cleanses them. And we too, by nature, are filthy and unclean. Apart from our shepherd's cleansing, we would remain permanently dirty. Furthermore, we know that sheep cannot find food or water on their own. Most animals have a keen sense of smell, and um, they can kind of find their way, but not sheep. They depend entirely upon their shepherd. If left to themselves, they eat poisonous grasses or weeds, and they die, and and just following along, others will do the same. And again, as children of God, as God's sheep, we likewise, we cannot find what we need to live And then furthermore, the wool of the sheep does not belong to the sheep, but to the shepherd. They produce the wool, but the shepherd owns the wool. All bona fide spiritual production in the life of a Christian belongs to the Lord. The Lord, by the means of His Holy Spirit, provides for all such production. In every way, you see, we are indeed His people and the sheep of His pasture. And when you look at sheep, and I look at that list, and I think about it, I had to just stop and wonder... Well, God, did you create sheep the way they are so that we would understand what you meant when you said to us, You are my sheep? I mean, that's not a very impressive list there, but it describes us. We lack a sense of direction. We're virtually defenseless. We're easily frightened. By nature, we're unclean. We cannot find what we need to survive in life on our own, we cannot provide it for ourselves. And we, likewise, what we do produce doesn't belong to us. It belongs to our shepherd. And so you say, wait a minute, Rodney. You said this was going to be a soothing psalm. <laughs> this was going to be a calming thing. Well, it is. We've got to start at the very beginning and see just what our need is. Because I have to ask you this question, an important question, and that is this, is he your shepherd? Because before I can give you calming, soothing words, you have to be in the fold. You have to belong to the Lord. Notice that David is very personal here in Psalm 23. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, he might be other people's shepherd, but he's definitely my shepherd. The gifts that we're going to talk about in this passage are for the Lord's sheep. And so I ask you, is he your shepherd? It's a familiar story. You may have heard it. But there's two men that were called upon to recite Psalm 23. The one was an actor who was trained in drama and speech technique. And he arose and he quoted Psalm 23, and he did so dynamically as he went verse by verse and phrase by phrase. And the audience loved it, and they cheered when he was done. The other man who was going to recite Psalm 23 was an older man, and he repeated the psalm as well, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And when this older, untrained man had finished, Quoting Psalm 23, there was no applause. In fact, there was no sound at all. The people sat very quietly in devotion and awe. Finally, the the actor arose and he explained what had happened. He said, the difference between what you just heard from this elderly gentleman and what you've heard from me is this. I know the psalm. He knows the shepherd. And there's a world of difference in that. You can know the psalm but not know the shepherd. And so I ask you, do you know the psalm only or do you know the shepherd? The Bible is very clear. Let me give you these references. I'll read through them. John chapter 10, verse 11. The Lord Jesus, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives us life for the sheep. John chapter 10, verse 14. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. When the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Hebrews thirteen twenty. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Jesus, beloved, is a threefold shepherd. He's the good shepherd, He's the great shepherd, and He's the chief shepherd. Think about that. He's the threefold shepherd. He's the good shepherd, he's the great shepherd, he's the chief shepherd. I love what R.T. Ketchum said. As the good shepherd, he dies for the sheep. As the good shepherd, he dies for the sheep. As the great shepherd, he lives for the sheep. And as the chief shepherd, he comes for the sheep. I have to ask you, is the Lord your shepherd? The Bible is very clear. Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. John chapter 10, we've already quoted some of those verses. We come down to these verses, 15 and 16. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down, this is Jesus, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, (laughs) them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. And so I say to you today, if you're not one of His sheep, come to the shepherd today. The good shepherd laid his life down for the sheep. He arose for the sheep. He lives for the sheep. Come today in repentance and faith. Turn away from your sin and cry out to the Father. Cry out to Him. He will save. He will pardon. He'll be your Savior and He'll be your shepherd. You need the shepherd And that's true whether you're lost or saved. But if you're lost, you need the shepherd, the Savior, and He will save you. Now, for those that are here, you say, well, I know that I'm saved. I know that He's my shepherd. Well, are you ready for some soothing words? I thought we really needed some soothing words. We preached from those passages there, those uh, verses in Philippians. We did that for a while. And you'll be honest, you know, we're looking at joy. There were some some hard truths. And I thought, well, we need some soothing words. We need some calming words. So I hope that you're ready for some. I want you to realize today, as we dive into Psalm 23, that your good shepherd, he gives you peace. He gives you peace. We're going to look at verse 1 today, where it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, how is it that we can experience peace when you think about Psalm 23, verse 1? Well, you can have peace today because of the shepherd's character. Notice it says there, the Lord is my shepherd, the Lord. Now, knowing what we know about sheep, and we learned some interesting things about sheep, we we'll remind you of some things about sheep today. It was not a very impressive list, to say the least. We could summarize by saying that sheep are totally dependent upon their shepherd. And it's important who your shepherd is. The scripture talks about the hirelings. Those who just do it for the money, don't really care about the sheep, and are not willing to sacrifice for the sheep. And then it talks about those who are the true shepherds, those who give their life for the sheep. And then talks about what? The good shepherd, the great shepherd, the shepherd, the Lord Jesus, who gave his life for the sheep. You jot this reference down, John 10, 11 through 13. John 10, 11 through 13. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. You know, there's a lot of hirelings out today. There are a lot of folks who claim they want to help you. They want to minister to you. They want to meet a need in your life. But the truth of the matter is, a lot of these people, they're hirelings. They don't really care about you. They care about what you can give them. They care about your money. That's why we need the shepherd. The shepherd. The good shepherd. Who gives his life for the sheep. David says his shepherd was the Lord. We can say the same today as Christians. This is the name Jehovah F.B. Meyer said Jehovah means the living one, the self-existent being, the I am, he who was and is and is to come, who, who inhabiteth eternity, who have life in himself. All others waste and change and grow old. He only is unchangeably the same. All others are fires which he supplies with fuel. He alone is self the same. I mean, it's one thing if you had a good shepherd, but if they were limited and they couldn't really help you ultimately, but we have these shepherds. We have the good shepherd. Who is Jehovah? Who is God? The Lord Jesus, the Savior's shepherd. And you know, David's writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he knew what it was to be a shepherd. I mean, he was a shepherd. He spent time out among the sheep, he risked his life for the sheep. Remember when he was going to go face Goliath and Saul says, Oh, come on, boy. I mean, you, you look at look at Goliath and look at you. And remember what he said? He says, Hey, I've been out keeping. A a, a lion came, a bear came, I took him, I killed him. Why? Because he was a true shepherd. He cared for the flock. The good shepherd. David knew what it was to be a shepherd. He says, listen, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And beloved, when you have the Lord as your shepherd, you have his character, who he is as well. Just like when you called me to be your pastor, to be an under-shepherd here, when you got me, you got my character as well. With me, it was a mixed bag because there were good things and bad things. But listen, when it comes to God, it's all good. It's all perfect. It's all wonderful. And because of the shepherd's character, because of who our shepherd is, we can be at peace. We can know that our shepherd's not going to leave us, desert us, flee from us. Help us in any way we can. He will. Because we have the shepherd. I love what Max LeCaylor wrote about this. Listen to what he said. Why did David write the 23rd Psalm? To build our trust in God. To remind us of who He is. God is Yahweh, an unchanging God, an uncaused God, an ungoverned God. He says, when Lloyd Douglas, author of The Robe and other novels, attended college, he lived in a boarding house and a retired wheelchair-bound music professor resided on the first floor. Each morning, Douglas would stick his head in the door of the teacher's apartment and ask the same question, well, what's the good news? The old man would pick up his tuning fork, tap it on the side of the wheelchair, and say, that's Middle C. That's Middle C. It was Middle C yesterday. It will be Middle C tomorrow. It will be Middle C a thousand years from now. The tenor upstairs, he sings flat. The piano across the hall is out of tune. But friend, that is middle C. And he went on to write, you and I need a middle C. We need a middle C. Haven't you had enough change in your life? Relationships change and health changes. The weather changes. And boy, this is written long before there was a pandemic. Talk about Change. But the Yahweh who ruled the earth last night is the same Yahweh who rules it today. Same conviction, same plan, same mood, same love. He never changes. You can no more alter God than a pebble can alter the rhythm of the Pacific Ocean. Yahweh is our middle sea. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His words were so good, I wish I could share them all. But I'll share just one more thing here. Counselors can comfort you in the storm. They can comfort you in the storm, but you need a God who can still the storm. Friends can hold your hand at your deathbed, but you need a Yahweh who's defeated the grave. You need a Yahweh, and according to David, you have one. He is your shepherd. Beloved, when you have the shepherd... The Lord, you have His character, who He is. And when we realize who God is, it brings a tremendous, glorious peace. That's why we can quote Psalm 23 on a rough day. That's why it's calming. That's why it's soothing. Because it describes our shepherd. So we can have peace today because of the shepherd's character, but also because of the shepherd's care. Now, verse 1 is really the theme of the psalm, and it will be developed in the following verses, and we will go through it in the following weeks. But you know it says what? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, on the surface, we understand, we look at that, and we think about material things. I shall not want material things. I shall not want necessities of life. And I honestly had a hard time with this, because I thought about believers around the world, and are there not those today that are wanting in some regard? I mean, there are believers that we have brothers and sisters in Christ who maybe even meeting as we speak, or we'll meet a little bit later, have already met today, that are wanting and lacking physical security. That is, they'll meet secretly, they'll arrive at various times and gather and Sing very softly and quietly because they know if the authorities were to hear them and find them, they could be hauled off to prison or jail or they could be beaten on the spot or arrested or martyred. And so I look at that and I say, well, what in the world? Do we not have believers around the world today who are lacking in basic necessities? They don't have clean water to drink, they don't have food to eat. They don't have proper clothing and sanitation. I mean, every year, don't we we send shoe boxes to people, and some of those people come to faith in Christ, and they still have great difficulty, great trouble. And yet, I read this psalm, so I understand this cannot be a ticket to a luxurious, carefree life. It's not a guarantee that every of our every want and wish is going to be made. Sometimes, even what we would say are the basic necessities go lacking we look at church history, we see that's the case. We know there are martyrs. But if he's the great shepherd, I mean, if he's the good shepherd, then he can protect, he can provide, he can lead, and we'll see how he does that. So how do I rectify that in my mind? How is it true that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and yet I could feel like I want some things, and I see others who want things? What in the world does it mean then? Well, as I was studying... Philip Keller in his book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, finally helped me. He talked about the broader meaning of I shall not want or I'm not going to be lacking. Of course, he acknowledges that that is the meaning we often attribute to that. And and by the way, God is the one who does give security and food and clothing and all those things. But he said there's a second emphasis. And the second emphasis is the idea of being utterly... listen. Utterly contented in the good shepherd's care and consequently not craving or desiring anything else or anything more. And when I read that, the light came on. When he says, I shall not want, it has this idea, I'm content in the shepherd's care. In other words, I know that the shepherd loves me. I know the shepherd knows what is best. I know the shepherd's guiding my life. I shall not want. Why? Because He is enough. Jesus is enough. He's really all that I need. And if for some reason He causes me to go without something, He is perfect in doing that. There is a reason. There's a perfect purpose behind the shepherd's care. And it kind of brings us to this thought, beloved, as we'll see as we continue our study, It's not really about the gifts. We're going to see some wonderful gifts that our shepherd gives us. And yes, he does provide protection and food and all these different things. And in his wise care, he may not provide some things. But even then, he's perfect in what he's doing and the purpose behind it. We may not understand it, but we know his character. We know that what he's doing is perfect. But really, it's not about all those gifts. It's about the giver, it's about the shepherd. When we have the shepherd, we have everything else. You know, sheep don't spend their life, I don't think. And I haven't talked with many of them. But I imagine if we could, they don't spend a lot of time. If they have a good shepherd, they don't stay up at night wondering about what they're going to eat the next day. They don't worry about how heavy their wool is getting on them. They, They don't worry about those things. They just look over and there's the shepherd. And they know the shepherd's the one that's going to take care of them. The shepherd's one going to feed them, lead them to the water, protect them. Oh, yes, fright comes up as they see the wolf come, but then they see their shepherd deal with that wolf. And I guess in that regard, those poor, pitiful, ignorant sheep are actually a lot wiser than we are. Because what do we spend our life doing? We're worried about those things. We're worried about what we're going to have and our security and our needs instead of just looking to the shepherd. A four and a half year old little girl said she could quote Psalm 23. You know, we love to hear children do those sorts of things. And so she got up and she began to quote it. Here's what she said. She said, the Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. And she sat down. She may have misquoted it, but she got it right. The Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. She understood. When we get the shepherd, we get everything else. Everything else. Friend, we can have peace today because we have the shepherd. Number one, we can have peace with God. That is through our Savior Jesus. And then as we walk this journey of faith, we can have the peace of God working in our lives because we have the shepherd. This week, I want to encourage you with this and we're done. This week, when worry rolls in, when anxious thoughts well up, when you get frustrated, when you feel like cussing instead of praying, don't look at me like you don't ever do that. (laughs) I do too. Stop. Think about these words. In fact, say them to yourself. If you're by yourself, if not by yourself, say them out loud. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. Allow the shepherd—just thinking about him and his care, his character and his care—to bring a soothing, calming moment to your life. Robert J. Morgan wrote a book on Psalm 23. It's a wonderful book. I would commend it to you. But he said some years ago he was going through a very, very rough patch and he couldn't sleep. He couldn't rest. He said, I found I could fall asleep on the couch by wrapping myself in a blanket and continuously repeating in my mind Psalm 23 with his opening declaration. The Lord. The Lord is. The Lord is my.'" The Lord is my shepherd. He said, this chapter has a calming power I found nowhere else. It was a soul soother, a mental ointment mulling over every word was like having a life preserver. And maybe that's you. Maybe you need to do the same thing. Maybe the night you've been spending many restless nights, maybe you need to wrap up in a blanket and just saying to yourself, The Lord is. The Lord is my. The Lord is my shepherd. And just let it calm you and soothe you as you rest in the shepherd's care. Father, I want to thank you today for this familiar passage of Scripture. I pray, Lord, that you would help us not to lose the significance of these profound truths And the soothing, calming influence that it has. Because we are familiar with it. Help us to see it afresh. To see it anew. Lord, to impact us. To bring a calming, soothing ointment. To our stress-filled, anxious hearts. I pray if anybody here does not have peace with you. They would this very moment cry out to you, turn from their sin, and place their faith in you. And then I know the majority here have that settled. So Lord, may they find the peace of God as they allow you to shepherd them today and this week. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We close with a short song, but oh, it's a wonderful one. As we think about the shepherd, let's close with oh, how he loves you and me. Let's stand together and sing. Thank you for listening today. We trust that our time together was a blessing to you. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and of course on our website at redhillbaptist.org. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.